That was awesome. Wow. Um, I know everyone says this every week, but this is such a bizarre experience. I've been preaching uh, nearly 30 years um, now, and um, I never dreamt I would preach in these circumstances. Um, I'm the kind of preacher who likes to draw on the crowd and the energy of the crowd, so I ask uh, that somehow through the camera that you continue to smile, uh, that you send me those verbal encouragements, uh, those nods, those cheering you on, Joel's, and um, I'm going to imagine that you're there. Um, I want to add my welcome this morning to everyone, um, particularly those who are here for the first time, particularly for those who are, um, from, I was going to say from out of this world, but from out of this state. Um, I know my mum's watching and um, in, his, in Wollongong, New South Wales, as my older two children are as well. And um, I just think this is a wonderful privilege to speak on Easter Sunday. Do you know the traditional Easter greeting or the, Easter, the traditional Easter Sunday greeting? It goes like this, Christ the Lord, or Christ has risen and uh, the response is he is risen indeed. Um, so we're going to try that. I'm going to say Christ is risen and I want you to respond all, all together. He is risen indeed. So let's try it. Christ is risen Okay, we got that. He is risen indeed. Um, my wife and I, had, and I had this discussion last night and um, her feeling is that we need to add a yay on the end of that. Uh, there should be a yay. Um, so we're going to try that. I'm going to go, Christ the Lord is, Christ is risen. You're going to re- reply, he is risen indeed, and then we're going to add a yay on the end, okay? Um, Christ is risen. Risen indeed. Yay! Yay! Okay, while we're adding things, I thought, um, because she got to add the yay, I wanted to add a ta-da, because this was Jesus' ta-da moment. Um, So for all of us, I want to add a ta-da at the front. Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, and then yay, okay? Have you got that? Ta-da! Christ is risen! Yay! Thanks for indulging me for a moment. Um, it really is a privilege uh, for me to preach on Easter Sunday. It's my absolute favourite uh, day and, and the favourite sermon to preach. I've been listening to Easter sermons now for probably uh, 50 years or more than 50 years now. I don't know some of you uh, for even longer than that. And we also preached a lot of sermons in those days and it never ceases to amaze me that every year I can get something new. Every year I can get something new from this Easter story. But I've found that this particular Easter sermon, um, the most extraordinary one to prepare. I feel like we're looking at the story from a very different perspective this time. We're living in unprecedented times, a global pandemic, who could have imagined? The coronavirus, with isolation, social distancing, 
disconnectedness, families and friends separated, borders closed, businesses closing, so many people out of work, schools happening online and the restrictions seem to be changing daily. It's a very different place that we're looking at the Easter story from today. So let me just remind you what happened at that first Easter. I'm going to need to warn you though, uh, what I'm about to read to you from scripture has the power to save you. Um, So handle this information with extreme care. In Corinthians it says, Now brothers and sisters, I want to remind you the good news I brought to you. You receive this good news and continue strong in it and you are being saved by it if you continue believing what I told you. If you do not, then you believe for nothing. I passed on to you what I received, of which this was most important, that Christ died for our sins, as the scriptures say, that he was buried and was raised to life on the third day, as the scripture says, and that he was seen by Peter, then by the, the 12 apostles, After that, Jesus was seen by more than 500 of the believers at the same time. Most of them are still living today, but some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, he was seen by me as by a person not born at the normal time. Again in Romans it says, If you declare with your mouth... Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Simple as that. In Romans again it says, he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ our Lord. I can remember once, uh, it was probably about 20 years ago, uh, a person asked me this question. Why are you a Christian? Not why did you become a Christian or how did you become a Christian? Why are you a Christian? And it was an odd question, uh, but I I remember uh, because it was the first time I'd ever been asked this question. Um, And I had to stop for a moment and think, why Why am I a Christian? I've been a Christian for a long time at that point. Um, And it could have been all kinds of different reasons, but the words that came out of my mouth actually surprised me this is what I said it's the resurrection it's the resurrection of Jesus that's it, that's why I am a Christian and I still stand by this answer the resurrection and my experience of Jesus was too real for me not to be a Christian I couldn't possibly deny that Jesus rose from the dead see my story is that once I was a long way away from God, I was lost in sin, I was totally broken uh, in a deep depression. I'd lost my marriage, uh, some of my family and friends, I'd lost my job, I'd lost my home and almost everything that I owned. And I grieved that loss deeply. But that wasn't the end of my story. God, Jesus actually lifted me out of the pit and he gave me a new start. 
And because of him, I now stand here today, forgiven, restored, a child of God, and I'm here today preaching the good news that Jesus died for us. And more than that, he now lives in us. The Apostle John described his experience of Jesus this way, and I reckon it's his answer to the why are you a Christian question. John said, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship was with the Father and with his Son, Jesus. We write this to make our joy complete. Well, I've never physically seen Jesus. I regularly see him in other ways. I see him in creation. I see him when he works in and through people, through a message or some other expression of the gifts that he gives us. I see him in my every, everyday interactions with others. When someone turns up or they call or they text just at the right time. I see Jesus especially in people whose lives have been changed. I have a couple of mates, uh, Gray and Sean, and um, I see Jesus in them almost every day because I know how much Jesus has changed their life. I see Jesus in answered prayers in my life uh, and in the, in the lives of others more times than I can count. I see Jesus when someone selflessly meets the needs of others. And I hear Jesus regularly, not audibly, but in all kinds of other ways. I hear him in the written word. I hear him in the spoken word. I hear him through songs and other creative expressions. I hear him in people's hope stories. I hear him in the conversations when something is spoken that I really need to hear at just the right time. I sometimes hear his still small voice when I can get quiet enough. I hear him through my thoughts and, and ideas, stuff that I know, I just know couldn't come, I could come up with on my own. I hear him when I prepare for a sermon such as this because I know that I'm just not that clever on my own to put this together. Jesus' presence is really real to me. People will, ask, will sometimes ask, how do you know that he's there? I just know. I, I, I just know. I, I can't give another answer. I know that he is here. Sometimes I can feel his presence and I can feel his love. Sometimes it's an internal sense of his love. Other times it's a very tangible love that he expresses through others. How can I not follow Jesus when my truth is that he is risen? He is alive 
and he lives in me. I've seen him, I've heard him, I've felt him with me. How can I not follow Jesus when that's my truth? Can I ask you, where do you see and hear Jesus? Because I know this could be different for all kinds of people. Maybe you'd like to include that in the chat today. Where do you see and hear Jesus? What we're talking about experiences, let's look at the Easter story. And today I want to look at how the people of Jesus' day experienced the extraordinary events of those Easter days and how they responded. There just might be some similarities with our current coronavirus situation. A week before Easter, the world looked a whole lot different. On Palm Sunday, the crowds were celebrating Jesus. They were laying down their coats, they were waving palm branches as Jesus rode into town on a donkey. Jesus was like a rock star and they were praising and shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. A week before Easter, the followers of Jesus had other plans. Surely now Jesus was going to take his place as king. Surely now he was going to take over and free the Jewish people from their Roman oppressors. A week before Easter, things looked pretty good according to their point of view. I was reflecting how quickly things have changed here of late. It was only a matter of weeks ago that things looked very different here. We were looking forward to a very big 2020, a very different 2020. We'll see increase in this church in all kinds of places and the church building was buzzing with people and activity on most days. In the conference centre where I work, we were looking forward to a record year and there was a time, not that long ago, when there was too much to do. Oh, how things were changed. Uh, for me, it was not that long ago that my mother and eldest son had come to visit us from New South Wales. That can't happen at the moment. My family were enjoying regularly the physical company of family and friends. I was building a good gym routine and going most days. My basketball team had just started the season and were showing the promise of a strong season. The football season had started uh, for the NRL and AFL and I was looking forward to seeing my teams, the Dragons, and the Swans uh, have premiership winning seasons. Um, we could go to restaurants and cafes and eat in. We could enjoy big birthday parties and big weddings. We could shake hands, we could give high fives, we could even hug our friends. And we could gather in groups larger than two. Look how things have changed and how quickly that has happened. We had other plans for 2020. We come to Easter on the day that we call Good Friday and the world is looking a whole lot different. What do we see in the people's experience that day? What was their response? 
I think we probably see these things. Some of these responses, some of these reactions. We see fear. We see panic. We see pain. We see death. We see discombobulation. I've always wanted to get that word into a sermon. Uh, We see shock. We see darkness. And they're questioning what is going on. First, we see fear and panic on that Friday. The disciples themselves, Jesus' closest followers, were the ones to panic and run away in fear. My guess is that they were thinking, we were associated with him, maybe they will take us too. We might be next to get caught. What's going to happen to us? Look what fear and panic caused them to do. Peter cut off the ear of one of the high priest's servants. Peter denied that he knew Jesus three times and scripture says the disciples deserted and fled. They went into survival mode. I can remember when it first became clear that the coronavirus was serious and it would affect our part of the world here in Tasmania. I felt afraid. I felt anxious. Um, and probably for a couple of days, um, my world was shaken. And everywhere I went, I could see and hear the fear around me. What's going to happen to us was the sentiment of the day. And of course, there was the panic, seen particularly in our supermarkets. People went into survival mode here. I reckon there was a lot of confusion or discombobulation, if you like, amongst the people on Good Friday. Everything was quickly getting out of control. It must have seemed shocking to the people that on the previous Sunday, the crowds were praising Jesus and now they're calling for his crucifixion. It must have been shocking to them that on Thursday night they were eating a meal with Jesus and by Friday night he was dead on a cross. My guess is that they were thinking, what on earth is happening now? This is not the way that we saw this playing out. What's going to happen now? A lot of them had thought that Jesus would actually take over as an earthly king and help them overcome their oppressors, but that plan seems to be gone now. Have you been in this place over the past couple of weeks? There's been a lot going on and things have been changing so much. I can remember feeling totally overwhelmed with what was going on and I couldn't process everything that was happening. It was shocking to me that this could happen in our part of the world. As I said, this was not my plan for the year. I know many others who had their plans for 2020 also changed, turned upside down. Some had planned to travel to different parts of the world this year. Others had planned to buy a house or to have a big wedding or a big birthday bash. Or maybe it was just to turn up to their regular job every day, which they've now lost. Now for some it's even difficult to go out and pay the bills or to run errands how the world has changed what's going to happen now I know for a lot of people in the world 
uh, and even among us, this coronavirus situation has thrown your life into a tailspin. Things might seem out of control. So if you're struggling with fear or because your life now seems out of control, I want to offer prayer for you right now. I want to give you an opportunity to be prayed for, even now. There's a button on, on the bottom of your screen uh, to request prayer, and we've got a team available right now to pray for you. So if you want prayer for those things, uh, take that opportunity. But what I really want to say about this is that, yes, there was death, there was pain, there was fear, there was shock, there was confusion and darkness there on that Easter Friday but that wasn't the end of the story. That was only Friday. But we all know that Sunday was coming. Same goes for us. We're living in extraordinary times and things are serious. There is death, there is sickness, there is fear, there is confusion. Things seem out of control. But that is not the end of our story either. Sunday's coming. What about Saturday? There's very little said about Easter Saturday in the Bible. What we do know is that Jesus is dead and buried in the ground. Seemingly there is not a lot happening, well, not enough to write about anyway, but so what are the people experiencing? How are they responding? What are the questions that they have? And these are the things that we might see. These are the experiences they might have. Dismay, despair, lost, Grief, alone, uncertainty. What do we do now? Where is God? We suspect that the followers of Jesus are in hiding or might we say they were in lockdown? We know that they were totally devastated, grief struck by the loss of Jesus. They're probably feeling lost, maybe even alone. It would have been easy for them to think, where is God in all of this? Why did God allow this to happen? And they were probably uh, questioning how they might recover from this. What will they do now? It seems to me at the moment, with our situation of isolation, quarantining, travel restrictions and social distancing, that there are a lot of people who are experiencing these same things. Despair, dismay, Lost, grief alone, uncertainty. What do we do now? Where is God? I think this is one of the hardest things about this coronavirus experience. It's the disconnectedness. It's the separation that some people are feeling. It's the loneliness or isolation, whatever you want to call it. Some of us rely on our regular physical connection with family and friends. Even if we don't see them regularly, we know that they could come. We rely on our regular gatherings like church or youth or kids groups, connect groups, play groups, sporting groups, gym friends, or even our work or schoolmates. So for those of you who are feeling lost, lonely or disconnected this morning, I want to offer prayer for you too. Um, again, through the link at the bottom of the screen. If you'd like prayer because you're feeling lost alone or disconnected, um, seek that help. But there's also help available. 
um, you're not meant to go through this alone. Um, and I know it's hard. So there is help available through our church. For those of you who are in Launceston, you can actually fill out the self-isolation registry on our Door of Hope homepage and someone will be in contact with you to provide assistance. So if you can't find that, if you ask one of the hosts online, they'll help you find that and fill that in. But what I really want to say here is that, yes, there were people feeling dismay, despair, lost, grief and alone. There was uncertainty on that Easter Saturday, but that wasn't the end of the story because that was only Saturday. Sunday was coming. Same goes for us. The situation that we're now in, this isn't the end of our story. In times of crisis, it's very easy to wonder where God is and why isn't God doing anything about this? I reckon there were people there on those Easter days wondering just that. And I want to tell you that this morning, that God was not absent on those Easter days. And he isn't absent today. We don't know exactly what was going on behind the scenes on those Easter days, but I am sure, I'm 100% certain that God was fully active. After all, in just those few days these things happened. Sin was defeated. Satan was defeated. Death was defeated. Prophecies were fulfilled. Promises were kept. Redemption, restoration, reconciliation work was happening. The right people were guided to the right places and the stage was set for Jesus' resurrection. We sing a song here called Waymaker. And part of the song says... Even when, I, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. I can't help myself, sorry. Um, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Um, God is working. God is working. God is working behind the scenes. I'd love to be able to tell you why all of this coronavirus situation is happening in the real world right now, but I can't. We just live in a fragile and uncertain world. But I do want to assure you this morning that God is still here and he's very active in our world. I do know that he is working, even when I don't sit and feel it. Scripture says that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So he works all of these things for our good, even the coronavirus. I think he's using this time to grab our attention for us to reconnect with him while we have time and less distractions. Maybe God is bringing families back together, helping us to find new ways to connect with one another. I think he's actually helping us to find new ways to reach out to others too. And maybe he's working in and through us to show the world that Jesus lives. Maybe he's working in and through us to show the world that Jesus lives and he lives in us. What can you say about Easter Sunday? 
I am convinced that this is the most extraordinary day ever. This was a game-changing, world-changing moment like none other in history. Look, we're still talking about it more than 2,000 years later and we're celebrating the day. But more than that, we actually get to experience it. We get to experience the risen Jesus ourselves and we get to live in the resulting victory. What did the Easter Sunday experience look like? It looked like this. It looked like hope. It looked like revelation. There was victory. There was life. There was promises fulfilled. And I want to add the words wonder, awe, and glory. I need you to see and hear these words because we can easily miss this part of the Christian experience, especially when we're in crisis. It's very easy to get stuck in the Friday and Saturday experiences or the Friday and Saturday places of fear, confusion, out of control, lost, alone, despair and uncertainty. It's very easy to get stuck in those places. None of us plan to go there, but it just happens. We probably all feel these things, especially fear on occasions in our life. But we don't have to stay, we don't have to take up residence there. We don't have to stay in the place of fear. It's very easy to get stuck in that Friday and Saturday place, but that isn't the end of our story. Sunday's coming, but it's also here. Let me remind you this morning that Jesus is still, is not still on the cross. Jesus is not still in the ground. He is alive and he's living in us. In Isaiah, we read about God saying this, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you cross rivers, you will not drown. When you walk through fire, you will not be burned. Nor will the flames hurt you. Might we also add, when we go through the coronavirus situation, I will be with you, says the Lord. I know that sometimes life seems hopeless or out of control, but we actually live on the victory side of Easter. We live on the alive side of the resurrection. What does that mean for us? Paul wrote... For we died and were buried in Christ, with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new life or new lives. A new life or a new start is available for those who choose to follow Jesus. We call it being born again. All because of what Jesus did that Easter. Again, Paul wrote, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as Christ, God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he'll give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. I love that verse. Um, The spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead lives in you. We have the Holy Spirit along with his resurrection power living in us. How good is that? Do you think that this knowledge could change how we view and respond to our circumstances? 
the Spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Easter essentially is a two-part story, the crucifixion and the resurrection. We can't have one without the other. Now, because of those events of Easter and what Jesus did for us, and because I have chosen to follow him, this is my two-part truth. Jesus died for me, yes, but he now lives in me also. Jesus died for us so that we can be forgiven, so that we can be saved, so that we can have a relationship with the Father. And he rose again. It didn't finish on Friday. It didn't finish on Saturday, the story. Sunday was also there. Jesus rose that we could have eternal life, that he could live in us. And we can still experience the risen Jesus Christ today. That experience comes without a full stop. There isn't a full stop there. It's ongoing, actually. It's never-ending. It's eternal. That experience of Jesus continues for all eternity. Do you know that everyone can experience and know the risen Jesus? It's available to everyone. It's not just me who can see Jesus and experience Jesus. It's all of us. And I want to give you the opportunity this morning to experience him, to know him and to become a follower of Jesus. And it's probably not a more appropriate time. Remember these words from earlier. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that Jesus, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I want to invite you to take up that opportunity to know Jesus, to experience that risen Jesus, to see him working in your life, to have him living in you, that resurrection power of the Holy Spirit living in you. I'm going to pray for us all in a moment and then I'm going to ask if you indicate on that prayer link at the bottom of the page that you're making this decision. The prayer team will gladly pray with you further. So let's pray. Jesus, what can we say? What can we say about the resurrection? (laughs) Well done. (laughs) That's awesome. We give you glory. We give you glory. We praise you, uh, Lord Jesus, for what you did. We acknowledge that you are the Son of God and and we are so grateful that you didn't stay dead, that Friday wasn't the end of the story, but you are risen and living and living in us. I thank you, God, that we didn't have to stay, that we don't have to stay in the Friday and Saturday places of fear and of confusion, of lost and disconnected because you won the victory I want to pray for everyone here that they can experience the risen living Jesus especially those who don't yet know you Lord Jesus reveal yourself to them right now help them to know the hope that we have Help them to know that the wonder that is you uh, and you living in us. 
I pray that they will see you today, that they will hear you today. And I pray that in your name and all of God's people said, Amen.